0: This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Three, two. Lawyer, and we're here for another Law Talk. Now, this one is pre-recorded, so I appreciate you guys taking the time to watch the show. Feel free to leave comments and whatnot, and we check those back later. If you haven't already, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the content. We're on all social media platforms as well as podcast platforms, and we're on TikTok. We've had a couple of videos that have gone kind of viral there, mostly Josh dancing. Those are the best ones. Lots of dancing videos. Yeah, lots of dancing. (laughs) As always, I want to remind you, to, if you haven't already, to download Wonder Girl by the band N.A., uh, it is free on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, give those guys a listen. I mean, you can't beat it. It's free. Um, plus, it's just, they're local. It's good to support local. Speaking of local, we got Michelle Allen. She's a longtime sponsor of the show. She's your go-to realtor in the area. If you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, or uh, just have general questions, she's really a nice person. Be glad to to talk to you. And of course, Mason's High Octane Martial Arts, located in Covington since 1993. We are relocating in the next couple of months for the third time in 30 years. Uh, But if you want to start your own martial arts journey, just reach out to us at MasonsMartialArts.com. And, of course, the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar. It's a 1920s-themed restaurant located off the square here in Covington. And uh, we have live music and Christmas parties and a big New Year's celebration that's coming up. Tickets are still available, so feel free to to reach out to us about that. And uh, if you need any help with your online presence, Josh is glad to help you. it has got Masonite Digital Marketing, and he wants to accelerate your brand. Now, joining me today, off the cuff, because he's in town for Christmas, he's a friend of Josh, and I know of him, and we'll get to know him better now, is Mr. Justin Otto. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, and thanks for having me, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I've known Josh for maybe over a decade now, I think. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, (laughs) It's the worst thing ever.
1: I don't like to think about it too much. Are y'all the same age? No, he's actually older uh, by a significant amount. That's right. Really? Yes.
0: Yeah. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. Well, that's not a significant amount. It's like four years. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all can can still get married. It's (laughs) legal. Anyway, uh, how did y'all meet?
1: Well, I don't remember.
0: Him. I remember you being his friend. Like, I've heard of him talk about you and stuff, and I think I've seen you before at a couple of things at my parents' house, but I don't remember how you met.
1: I think, actually, the very first time we met, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, was my brother came to one of your video shootings, one of your yes. very early ones, yeah, and um, I showed up as well.
2: Yeah, I think, he, uh, yeah, it was uh, back in the early days when I was doing the, the very first few YouTube videos that were terrible, <laughs> that... I don't want anybody to ever see. And yeah, you came to one of those, and then yeah, we've just been buddies ever since. So we have a uh, kind of like you, Jerry, we've got a little friend group, messenger group on Facebook that's me, him, my buddy Andrew Watson, and Ben Sass, where we just exchange memes and yeah, I've videos. Got, I've got a couple of us. I'm going to go ahead and say
0: that if the government ever got a hold of my phone, there's not going to be like naked pictures or anything, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, they'll be like, Man, something wrong with this guy.
1: <laughs> Spicy memes. Yeah,
0: memes yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> so, well, that means y'all have known each other since you were like 18 or so. Yeah. So, I know you've had some military experience, of course, a lot of the folks on here may or may not know you. Why don't you tell us uh, what your background is and everything?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, of course, went to high school here, Brighton, Tennessee, and then uh, I decided to go to college for nursing down in Memphis. Um, uh, about... Three quarters of the way through that, I discovered that I hated people and decided <laughs> the best course of action was to join the military. Um, so, been 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 doing that and uh, working cybersecurity. That's uh, pretty much the story. I've been to Japan. Uh, and now I'm back in the states. How long were you in Japan? I was in Japan for three years.
0: Was that for the cybersecurity job or military?
1: That's no, a uh, military. Was it?
0: Can you can you tell me what you did with the military? Was it cybersecurity? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: I was gonna join the army, actually, um, but my dad was Navy, so I kind of steered my.
0: How long my was decision. he in the Navy?
1: I was in the Navy for thirty years.
0: Okay, well, that's a long time. Yeah, I, you know, I almost joined. Uh, I don't know, if Josh. Do you know I almost went in the Air Force?
2: Do you know uh, that? I thought you. I thought it was the Marines you almost went. in. Well, I
0: did then too, yeah. but that was a whole different deal. I was initially gonna to go to the Air Force Academy. And uh, Colorado Springs, my friend. Well, Brian, my law partner, he's older than me, but he went to the Air Force Academy. He was in the Air Force for like sixteen years, graduated the academy, and everything. and was an officer. And then his brother Aaron, who's my was my best friend forever. Um, Aaron went to well, went to the Air Force Academy, and we were the same age, and so we we're real good friends. And uh, they, they, the the uh, the Taekwondo Olympic Training Center is in Colorado Springs. And so I wanted to go be on the Air Force's taekwondo team and potentially train to, to do the Olympic team there. And I was like, oh, that'll all make sense. It'll work. And then my uh, uh, girlfriend at the time, eventually wife, uh, came became pregnant. <laughs> and so I had to make some, des- some decisions. And uh, I want to say at the time, the Air Force Academy had a rule where if you were married or had uh, like connections back home, they wouldn't take you because you, you had to decide to either be a daddy or be in the Air Force because it's difficult, I guess I, I don't know. but either way, I decided to stay here and so I didn't. And then the a year after that, we were really struggling financially. and so I was looking at ways I was like, what can I do? I was 18, 19 years old. and so I went to a marine recruiter. I went to all the recruiters and here's what's interesting. I don't know if you had this experience or even thought about it. I went to the Navy, went to the Army um air force even potentially to be enlisted and they were all really selling me like they were all like this is the greatest thing ever come on you know we'll give you bonuses all this stuff and i went in the marines and he said come here watch this video and the video was them like getting their tails whipped you know these marines are just getting destroyed and afterwards he's like you still want to be here and i was like yeah this is the place i want to be because these guys are so hard Um uh, and so i almost uh, enlisted in the marines um and Anyway, and then after that once i once I didn't do that and decided to stay here i i was a i was uh just teaching taekwondo till I was twenty one and then at twenty one I went into law enforcement so that was my military experience or lack thereof i guess, so that was sort of my process on it, but it sounds like you didn't even look at the others i guess if your dad had the background in the navy
1: oh no not really i just um he kind of steered that decision. Well, his experience steered that decision. So, in, up to and including the uh, job role that I went.
0: For, what so. I was going to say. What did he do in the Navy?
1: He was on subs.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, that's not anything you were ever interested in.
1: No, not not even in the slightest.
0: Did you go to boot camp in Chicago? Up around Chicago, Great Lakes.
1: I did. That's actually the only boot camp the Navy has anymore.
0: Okay. I thought they had a second one up till recently.
1: They had one in Florida, but mm-hmm. I don't know when that one was closed. It was definitely before my time. Man,
0: that would suck to get stuck in the Great Lake ones and not Florida. That's where my son went was the Great Lakes, and it was in winter, so it was cold. There's a picture of them uh, rucking, and they've got a it's snowing, it's rear end off up there. Uh, we would visit him a little, a couple of times. Uh, well, I think it was right when he graduated, and he was in between what schools or whatever. He um, was really cold, but. It, it, You know, one thing for you guys in the military, and this is for anybody watching too, this is as an old guy, uh, my view on it. I think for the military, I think for young people, the military is a really good uh, catalyst for growth and to give you life experience. You know, I mean, you get like my son has lived in Chicago, Florida, and now San Diego. He's been in San Diego about a year. And seen and done things that a lot of people his age will never do. You know, he's been deployed now on an aircraft carrier He's an armorer there with them and so he gets to play with a bunch of really cool guns um, and just life experience in general. I think it's I think it gives, it can help give you uh, direction when you're young and you're just not sure what's up. So has that been your experience?
1: I think the, yeah, the military definitely provides a lot of um, structure and direction for young men um, and for young women, of course. It um, also sets them up future opportunities if they decide not to stay in with the GI Bill and stuff like that.
0: So, mm-hmm. well, do you what do you plan to do? Do you know yet?
1: I uh, am undecided.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've how much longer have you got on your existing uh, contract? About two years. So then it's then it's to make a decision on which direction to go. Mm-hmm. Are you enlisted? Did you enlist in?
1: I am enlisted. Okay.
0: Yeah. So Alex was trying to explain the ranks to me because the Navy ranks seem to be the only ones that are unique. You know, they're, the, the, they 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 have different names for them and. You know what I mean? Like, it's different.
1: I I think that the Navy makes uh, the navy ranks make the most sense out of all the branches. <laughs>
0: well, I don't know enough about any of them, obviously, to comment. But I just know that, like, Army ranks uh, were similar to what we did in the, in the law enforcement. And then the Navy ranks, like, they're, the officers are like an ensign. And, like, in Air Force, you come out, you're a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, right? And... In the Navy, it's like you're an ensign, and uh, well, I don't even know what's after that with them.
1: Lieutenant junior grade, and then like
0: a captain is a huge deal in the Navy, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just interesting that it's different with them. Were you in movies with Josh?
1: Um,
2: I'm actually in his latest movie. Oh, uh, you're in the Mario one? I am. Yeah, we oh, shot okay. his. Uh, he has like a cameo in it. We shot when he came down for Thanksgiving. So.
0: Oh, was he the was he the Laura Croft one? Is he Lara Croft? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cameo. I am Lara Croft. Hey, man, if I looked like uh, Sarah did, I'd be Lara Croft all the time. Uh, so, yeah, all right, so we we talk about that then. Uh, speaking of that, what do you think, Josh, about the Henry Cavill announcement?
2: Uh, I, I kind of see both sides. On the one hand, um, I, I still think he's a great Superman. Everything, we'd love to see Man of Steel 2 or, you know, Superman versus Black Adam or whatever other movies they were going to do with them. Uh, but I also understand where James Gunn is coming from. For those that don't know, he's the new head of DC Films and all that. And he basically uh, just fired Henry Cav- Cavill, i you say his name. Uh, because what James Gunn is trying to do is he's trying to start with a clean slate. He just wants to throw everything out, start over completely from scratch. And I get it because if you look at the DC movies, there's been more, um, what do you call it, I guess missteps than there have been good good things they've done so that means that when they throw it all out unfortunately they gotta throw out the good stuff too such as Henry Cavill Superman so I get where he's coming from but it doesn't suck you know any less that we're not gonna get Man of Steel 2 or any more movies with him do you follow the movie, the superhero movies?
1: I do, I do. I'm a big fan of Marvel, not so much DC. Well, I'm a big fan of earlier Marvel, not so much current now, Marvel. You
0: don't. Well, I, I could comment on why I, I would, would agree with you, but then we're going to get into
1: politics. So,
0: uh, <clears throat> which is your favorite of the early ones? Oh,
1: probably going to be either Iron Man one or. Avengers 1.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Avengers 1. I remember that was a big deal. And they did a great job building them up together, you know, which I think was a mistake DC did. I think DC rushed it. DC was trying to catch up. So they were trying to start with like their Avengers movie, Justice League, instead of building up to that. I mean, if you think about it, Marvel had almost a decade to build up to that uh, hype for Avengers. Um, but I do think it's gotten a little out of hand. Even though I'm a giant comic book uh, geek. Um, but I have a DC guy, like I've growing up. I love DC more than the Marvel characters. <clears throat> and then like, I've, I've been very frustrated. Like I liked uh man of man of steel, but, and I like Henry Cavill as a, uh, uh, Superman, but you know, I just feel like they're still not doing those characters justice. Like you watch them and they're not as entertaining as the Marvel movies, you know? So I don't know. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they let him go, though. Cause, and then I've heard mixed opinions. I hear he's a genuinely good person, like he's a pretty good dude. Um, he he seems to take it seriously being Superman, you know, that it's a big deal. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think the James Gunn guy can do a good job with the DC Universe, though. So I'm, I'm going to be patient with his decisions.
1: I, I genuinely think that um – most people involved in the film industry are typically horrible human beings, <laughs> uh, but Henry Henry Cavill seems to be sort of an exception uh, from everything I've heard.
0: Yeah. So Otto doesn't like people. He doesn't like people that do movies. So uh, <laughs> he kind of likes Henry Cavill though. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so but, are you are
1: you married? No, I'm single. Oh, well, well there you go. I, I'm in a relationship, but I'm unmarried. <laughs> okay. So.
0: You... <laughs> He's like interviewing a... Uh...
1: Well, whenever you fill it out on a form, you know, it says, are you Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, Yeah, <laughs> but
0: I don't know what your significant other's going to think when you're like, yeah, I'm single. Well, I'm in a relationship, but uh, I get it. It's, it's legally I'm single, okay, but
1: uh very committed relationship. Well, that's so,
0: good. Yeah. Good. Uh, how long?
1: Uh, so it's been going on for about three months now.
0: Yeah. Oh, so super committed at three months. Yeah. Oh, some fire
1: then. That's well, so good. hopefully that, you know, assuages any like, heartache that just happened <laughs> at the past five minutes, so... <laughs> well we can edit it all out. Yeah. It's pre recorded. We get Josh to edit that. Huh. What
0: you should do, Josh, is just have a picture of him sitting there and then uh edit in like uh, a poem or something that you're saying <laughs> to her and uh make it make it up to her. Yeah. Is she here
1: or elsewhere? No, she uh she stayed uh up with her family for the holidays. So Yeah.
0: Your family's all here? Mm-hmm. You graduated Brighton High? I did. Okay. Um I was telling I think I was just telling Josh, because we did that. One of the TikTok videos that just blew up was in Brighton High. We were mm-hmm. talking to the kids. When I was in high school, Brighton High was getting built. Like, it didn't even exist yet. Our big rivalry was Munford. And uh, now it seems to be, you know, we're still Munford, but, you know, it's a rivalry with Brighton, too. Who's going to be the best football team, you know, in the county? Do you play ball or anything?
1: No, I, I played a little bit for ru- the rugby team, Storm yeah, yeah. Rugby. Mm-hmm. No football or anything like that. Yeah, well, rugby's cool. I don't. I still don't understand the rules, though. I don't uh, think anybody really understands the, the <laughs> my, rules. My my
0: uh, Aaron that I was talking about earlier, my buddy, he played rugby in the. I think he played in the Air Force Academy, and then he played at Memphis also. And he still struggled to tell me the <laughs> rules of rugby. It's uh, just basically run up and smash people, I yeah, guess.
1: The big one is you can't be in front of your own guy with the ball. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of like the big one.
0: Yeah, but the uh, ball never seems to be dead. Like no. you just throw the ball, somebody picks it up, and they smash into you, and then you get in a ruck or whatever, and it's just so random the way it works.
1: Right. So unless there's like a penalty or the mm-hmm. ball goes like out of bounds, you're not really going to have any breaks, um, in which case you would transition either to a line out or like a scrum.
0: Speaking of. Uh, Smashing folks, do you watch MMA
1: or follow MMA at all? Not in many years. Oh, really? Uh, Conor McGregor, is he still relevant? He was He was, he was he's really still, relevant.
0: He's still relevant, but he's uh, not uh, prominent. Okay. Yeah. Was that like your favorite guy or your least favorite? No, that's just the only guy I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, – this is uh, sort of a development in MMA. So he broke his leg uh, in a fight. The last fight that he had, he shattered his uh, – like, right here, uh, his tibia and fibula snapped the lower part of his bone, near his ankle. So it, he's fighting, and he steps back on it, and it breaks, like, completely. So it's a very severe injury, uh, which, you know, I feel like I can kind of relate after the hamstring tear I had recently. N- not near as extreme as that. Of course, he's got money to pay for it. So anyway, he's supposed to be rehabbing it. It's going to come back, and uh, uh, he's been gaining weight. It looks like he's on a few of the steroids And uh, he's gotten pretty jacked. So he fought. uh, His titles were at 45 and 55 pounds, 145, 155 pounds. And he's walking around about 190 pounds now. He's pretty big. And so he's wanting to fight at 185. So that'll be interesting to see how he – because, you know, one of his things was speed. And now that he's going to have this extra weight, I don't know. You know, it's harder to be faster when you're that big.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, Liver King's natural. Um, what do you the, think about the that? Rocks, of course. Natural. Did you follow the Liver King thing? Oh yeah. So, what do you think about that? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, I always knew. I, I think the. I'm not mad that he lied about being natural. I'm mad that there's people that actually believed he was natural. <laughs> well then, <laughs> it's, so kind, it's, like, it's kind of like the Rock being like yeah. 50 and, and more and, shredded natu- and bigger than he was when he was 20. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'll be one of the guys you're mad at, and let me tell you why. I also realized that that's a very difficult, maybe impossible physique to liver king physique to get without enhancement, right? However, I followed the guy from inception, like when he first came out. And uh, although he had grown in the last few months to be way, way, way more over the top with everything, I, I really do believe that humans underestimate their potential. And so I was like, maybe this guy really has maximized his potential. He's eaten like a a caveman he's doing these hard workouts he's done it forever and i was like maybe 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 i'm not saying he wasn't so my wife was your mindset and is angry with me because she's like you're an idiot
1: well i i i, I like i like to think i agree with you about humans not having mm-hmm. their full potential realized but without advocating for cruelty to animals i i'd rather see gorillas see how far they can go because you think they don't have any Weightlifting or mm-hmm. like nutrition training, mm-hmm. but they can deadlift like two thousand pounds. Yeah, so I want to yeah. see if we can get a gorilla on steroids. Yeah, yeah, and in a gym, I just want to <laughs> see how much they can bench press. Yeah,
0: well, that made me. I was gonna, I, I gotta get into the comment on that, but I was bringing up another thing I asked ask people about. It's a Joe Rogan question about who would win between a grizzly bear and a gorilla, and we get your opinion on it. But uh, I want to circle back on Liver King. Oh, I thought that was, uh, I thought he was coming in here. I don't know if you guys on the mics heard, but we, we got some noise in the other room. Yeah,
2: we have extremely thin walls. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, in the new place, we're going to have to make sure we got it all insulated better. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing, folks, that uh, next year we're going to be building out a new studio at a new location. It'll be bigger, better, and badder, and all that stuff. Anyway, what I was going to say is, um, yeah, I, I agree. But one thing I would change, I actually wish, and this is going to give me some, especially if Josh makes it a, a clip, this is going to give me some haters i think that in professional sports steroids should be legal because most of them are doing them anyway and if i'm paying money to come watch some dude fight some dude that's getting paid or a football player i want to see the biggest jacked human possible why why do we say oh no you know the 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 playing field's not level because all of them are doing different stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like, look when they did the uh, Tour de France and everybody was all on Lance Armstrong. And then they couldn't even award it to anybody because it was, what, like 80th was the next highest rank that guy that they could maybe say didn't do the blood doping. So I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I'd like, man, let them get – if they want, and you gotta, you got to understand there's risk. But if you want to do it, do it.
1: What about a uh, a natural league and a steroid league? Because I, I agree with you. I'd like to see like yeah. like a four hundred pound like linebacker yeah. cut some guy in half in the middle of the field.
0: <laughs> Just decapitates him when yeah. he hits him. Yeah. Uh. I mean they have that in like like bodybuilding is a good example. Right. So bodybuilding, but I did so I did competitive powerlifting, and there are there are divisions. There's a there's a tested division, but even that there's ways around it. Like I was the when I did the competitive powerlifting. Uh, I was natural. I had nothing, and I mean, I think you could even kind of look at me. I, I was even doing stuff like gaining weight because at the time, a power belly would help you with some of the lifts because you would push your gut against the belt, creates a stable frame for your deadlift and your squat, right? Anyway, I was natural. I looked natural. I looked fat, but I was stronger than i have ever been. But I had some competitors ripped to the gills, you know, and yanking up weight, and it's in the, the – we were in, I was competing in the clean division. I know that some of them were roided up. There's just no way. You know what I mean? Like, so I just feel like, I think if you made it where it was acceptable, because think of it this way, in the steroid league, uh, why can't we just have, it's the, this is the league, you know, like right now, so it's not a stigma attached to it. And then I think they're more likely compete in that league, but then, it, man, it's, people are so competitive. If you have a natural league, you're still going to have folks trying to, mess the system
1: up. So. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would want to watch the, the Natural League over the Steroid League anyways. Did you watch
0: the Mr. Olympia this weekend? No, I didn't. Okay, so I did. I, I follow all that kind of stuff, right? I follow these fringe sports mostly. Combat sports, bodybuilding, boxing, collegiate wrestling. Um, what else do I watch? Anything combat. I like gymnastics. I think that's an, a, a very impressive ex, uh, demonstration of human performance. Like, I think they're undervalued. It's very difficult. Uh, but anyway, I watch all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, so the Mr. Olympia, what they did is they've got several different divisions now. They've got this classic physique. they got the traditional Olympia. They've got women's bodybuilding, women's bikini phys- figure physique, all this stuff. And I would almost bet every one of them, women included, are on some kind of performance enhancing stuff. I mean, it's just virtually impossible to compete at that level without it. Uh, but you're right. The ones that win are the freaks, you know? Nobody wants to see. But then they then they want to dog on them when it comes out all of a sudden they're on roids.
1: Right, right. So, it, uh, again, I, it's fine. I just uh, I think there should be, like, a little bit of separation between the roid mm-hmm. league and the, the non-roid league. Obviously, if you don't want to do the things that could potentially damage your body, uh, which, of course, powerlifting might do it anyways, but yeah. if you want to keep your, like, uh, bloodstream clean and just be natural, I think that you should have a, a room to compete where you're not at a so steep, disadvantage against the next guy who's chemically enhanced that why even bother at that point
0: so let me circle back to gorillas and uh bears so which one do you think
1: i think it depends if the uh, gorilla is able to punch the bear first you know like break its jaw mm-hmm. then the bear is done for but if the bear is able to like lock its its maw around the gorilla's neck then i think the bear's got it
0: see i i kind of felt that way because i figured the gorilla was smarter too and maybe more agile but i just saw a video the other day i sent it to you josh it was at a wedding and this grizzly bear was. They, 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 a,
2: was it an elk or something? Yeah, or yeah. They were
0: across the, the the. There was like a dock, and then over on the shore, they hear this just horrid uh, sound, um, and it's a grizzly bear mauling a full size elk. Like it was elk or a moose. I mean, it was a giant, uh, four legged animal, and it's like just screaming. And and this grizzly bear is. It's impressive the 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 violence. So then I was like, man, I don't know if that kind of thing, if you get a full-size giant grizzly bear, I don't know, man, it's tight. Uh Which one would take it
1: out? I think the more interesting question is, uh, how many people do you think it would take for you and a group of friends to take down a grizzly bear?
0: I've seen yeah. a TikTok on that, too. Actually, I think it might have been on yeah, Gorilla. it's like
2: with, with no weapons. No like weapons. Yeah. And that of guy was like,
0: that one guy was like on TikTok, he's like, man, you got a hundred of us uh, Yeah, I think, I think it wasn't think
2: it like uh, Theo Vaughn or whatever. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's <laughs>
0: like, man, you got we're going to lose a few, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll
2: yeah. take them down. I, I think if a grizzly bear <laughs> takes
1: a hundred punches to the head yeah. from a hundred different people, that you would eventually like give it a concussion or something something but i don't know their skulls are pretty thick i think we'd have
0: to smother it or something i don't
1: you've seen the uh the videos where it's like a a bullet will bounce off of a a skull yeah uh, i mean
0: i've had and as a cop we've had dogs that we'd shot at pit bulls that skulls the the round ricocheted off of so and you imagine a grizzly bear skull is so much thicker than that and i mean you're really just gonna piss them off you know so i don't know like uh I don't think we could even hit them in the head. I I think you would have to, like, hold it down and smother it or something.
1: There would definitely have to be some sacrifices made.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah, because somebody, you know, their claws are crazy, too. They got big freaking claws. Uh, You ever seen that movie uh, with, is it Leonardo DiCaprio? Mm.
2: Yeah, The Revenant.
0: The Revenant. Revenant. That's a true story. You know, that's based on a true story. That dude literally got mauled by a bear and crawled his way with his insides hanging out. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. I don't recommend it. The movie? No. Or getting clawed I'm by a bear? Getting clawed by a bear. <laughs> uh, so, we, you're not going to reveal your park, part in Josh's movie?
1: Oh. He's, um, he's in the trailer. I'm in the trailer, actually. Yeah.
0: Are you? I watched it. I don't remember. You know, I didn't recognize some of them, though. They did a good job. You did a good job with the outfits. Because uh, uh, yeah, I'll lose Sarah's... Toward the beginning, he's Sarah's the one boyfriend sued. Dylan. I didn't know he was Luigi. I didn't yeah. pick I, up on that.
1: I'm not technically under a Mario NDA, so I could say whatever I wanted right yeah. now. But I think Josh.
2: <laughs> Josh, Josh, what am I allowed to say? I mean, whatever. Yeah, the the trailer's out now, so it's not a secret anymore that we're making it. So yeah, you, you say whatever. Do yeah, you yeah, Yoshi? I play Spike. Spike. He's so like the, uh, Bowser's henchman.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: He's basically the one that goes to Bowser and is like, uh, the "Mario Brothers are gonna try to take you down," and then. You know Bowser's all like acting like Marlon Brando, Godfather, and he's like, "Well, I've got to kill a guy because you're giving me bad news, so I'm just going to randomly murder a person." You know.
1: Did Josh pay you a lot for that role? Yeah, he paid me in uh, his friendship and bottle
2: and and bottle water. I gave you some bottled water. That's true. But
1: as as much of the Mason family food that I've eaten over the years, I think that uh, that's payment enough.
0: You gonna be around Christmas? I plan to be. Okay, cool. Because we got a uh christmas day mama makes all the fried foods it's
1: actually
2: christmas so, eve this year Saturday. christmas eve i yeah, mean yeah.
0: Yeah. Saturday, yeah 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 are you what are y'all do y'all do christmas on christmas day how's your family do it
1: so my brothers actually uh got married here mm-hmm. so we typically split it between both my parents house and then his parents house so we'll either do one first or the other second so it's a big thing i, I got like four Christmases to Yeah, to. I
0: mean, it's gets so overwhelming. We're the same way. Uh, we do the well, we got and then all these Christmas parties too. So all these businesses that I'm in, we got all these Christmas parties and uh so we gotta do that and then it's just so much. And then it's 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 overwhelming really. The twenty third, we're doing my kids' Christ they're all adults. The kids' Christmas at my house. The twenty fourth is at our parents' house. Then, the, then we're going to leave the no, Christmas Eve and drive five hours to her family's house. So Christmas morning will be in Arkansas at my wife's family's house for a day or so. and then I want to say there's another Christmas thing, the 20, oh I think it's the seller's Christmas party it's like the 28th or 29th. It's just a lot. so anyway, I, yeah, it's a little, little extra. I don't I personally am, am kind of over the commercialization of Christmas. Like it's just gotten uh, too much. When you were little, did they did you do did your parents do Santa?
1: Oh yeah, we did Santa. Actually, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Is cursing allowed on the podcast, Jerry? Or no? Yeah, I
0: mean, we try to not encourage it, but we don't bleep it. Okay.
1: So. so there was a, my favorite thing about that I've seen for Christmas marketing. Since mm-hmm. you brought it up, is in Japan they have this uh, thing where they like to do Christmas advertising in English. And one I saw was uh, Christmas fucking sale, in big letters all over the mall. I <laughs> didn't
0: realize. I always wonder when I see people with. Uh, well, I've got one on my leg. When they have uh, Asian characters, if they really know what it means, you know. And then I've seen funny ones that are Asian people that have gotten English tattoos, and it'll be something random that you know doesn't make sense to us, like and milk burger. Yeah, 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 something right. like that. Uh, that. That's a that's actually a topic I did mean to ask you about earlier. Was Japan? I've never been to Japan. So I've been to Korea and China several times, but never been to Japan. And I think it's a whole different deal. When you first got there, what was your biggest? What were the biggest differences to you from being in America?
1: Oh, absolutely, the public transportation. In Japan, the train systems are just uh, on a different level. You can get anywhere you want in the country on the train, never have to worry about anything. Where I was living, I could get on a train and be in Tokyo in 30 minutes, have a couple of drinks, not have to worry about driving back. Hmm. It cost me maybe $5 for the two-and-front trip with yeah. the train. Super safe, super clean.
0: Hmm. Is that the main thing? That that's pretty much it. Was the trains?
1: That was oh, I mean,
0: obviously. How do they was, how do they treat you as a foreigner?
1: Oh, uh, mostly respectfully, I think. There's some apprehension with um, the elderly sometimes. It felt like, but yeah. most of the youth, especially, seem to be very accepting of uh, foreigners.
0: Do do most of them? I know. I, I would assume in the cities, most of them speak some English. Is that kind of how it is? And then when you go out rural, I guess it's less so
1: right so actually they teach English in their high schools Mm -hmm. as a mandatory curriculum so most of uh, the people you'll encounter in Japan can either uh, speak a little bit of English or enough to get by
0: yeah that's kind of how Korea and China was in the cities so like when I was in Seoul Korea uh, they almost everybody we encountered it was very modern and they almost all spoke English to Mm -hmm. some degree Uh, better than my Korean for sure and in Beijing was similar. Then Beijing, there was people. That, it was less, but they still had folks that would speak English. But then when we would go out in the rural areas, less so. There was uh, there you know mostly just speaking their native tongue. So mm-hmm. it's probably similar to around here. You go to big cities, I'm sure you can find people here that are, you know, maybe have more than bilingual, more than one language. Um, and and I think that's kind of the way it is around most of the world now. Is that the only other place you were stationed other than here? Was Japan?
1: Yes, I've, mm-hmm. uh, I've also visited uh, England, Ireland, and Wales, but mm-hmm. uh station was Japan.
0: How did they treat you in, in England, Ireland, and Wales?
1: Well, I was like uh, 16 at the time. Oh, so you don't remember.
0: So, I asked to compare it because I've heard that we get treated pretty bad over there. In England, they're kind of rude to Americans.
1: Well, probably, yeah. uh, but it was like a guided tour thing, so it was really like close-knit and just seeing the sights. I, I think
0: they still are kind of butthurt that we whooped them
1: you know oh, the way uh from 1776 yeah <laughs> they're
0: still holding a grudge they're, man
1: they're still holding that l yeah yeah yeah
0: that's okay I'll, I'll rub it into them when i go over there um in japan did you do any martial arts
1: no uh just a lot of sightseeing you know a lot of different foods visiting the monuments shrines mm-hmm. uh stuff like that it was uh, a little bit of partying in tokyo that was pretty fun
0: yeah but did you see any martial arts did that go to any exhibitions or anything
1: I saw I think one sumo competition, and that's about it. How was that? It was pretty exciting.
0: One thing that's interesting to me and, and it may have adjusted some over the years, but years ago I was with, with MMA and in martial arts. Well, like when we were in, in Korea, when we would do demonstrations or compete or whatever they're silent. They're very quiet because they're really good students of the martial arts. And so years before americans even realized what a, a choke hold an arm bar or any of these techniques were we use in mma they would be analyzing it so they're quiet and occasionally you hear like oh oh," like that but there's never it's not like yeah i yeah, screaming whoop you know it's not like the american type thing right they, mm-hmm. they there's a almost a reverence when you're doing um martial arts um uh, in at least it was in Korea and China, and I think Japan's similar, where it's quiet, in a silent respect. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll they'll they recognize skill too, so it's not like um, it's just different than it is over here, you know, where they're just constantly yelling and wanting to see somebody get whipped. There was a, a more of an appreciation for the art of it, I think, over there. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to see a sumo match; I've never seen one live.
1: Well, uh, pivoting just slightly off that to a topic that might interest you about the Japanese, mm-hmm. and this is just what we were told. I don't know if it's true, but as far as like the traffic laws. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hit somebody and you're like a bigger vehicle than they are so if you're a bus but you hit a car you're automatically at fault even if the car hit you if you're a a car and you hit a bike you're automatically at fault and so on and so forth Hmm. and uh at least that's what we were taught. And I was kind of wondering what you, what's your opinion on that. So if someone, like, jumps out in front of your car to commit suicide, mm-hmm. you're still liable to pay their family, like, reparations mm-hmm. in Japan.
0: Well, I don't know how their insurance system is set up, so I, I, that would be important for me to comment on if it's fair or not. I mean, it doesn't sound fair. It doesn't sound very equitable, but... Um uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, over here, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, over here, they fall. And also, state by state in the United States determines what type of fault there is. There's there's a, what's called comparative fault, and then there's, like, modified comparative fault. There's these different—whether it's 50 percent—some of them, it's like, if you're not over 50 percent at fault, then you're not at fault, like, if it's equal. And then some of them, it can be 49 percent, and you still can be liable for whatever your fault percentage was. It's weird. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I don't, I don't think that's cool. What I was going to say when you said that though, is when I was in China, they clearly don't have the, that law because we would get on the bus and there's like no laws. Like I never forget, we were on this bus going somewhere in, in China and the bus driver's honking at this guy on a bicycle. Cause there's a lot of bicycles over there. This guy's on a bicycle on the road in front of him and he's pedaling as fast as he can. Right. Well, he's just not getting out of the way, so the guy's, like, honking. Finally, he bumps the guy's tire with the bus. Like, he's bumping this guy on a bicycle. Finally, he bumps it hard enough, the guy, like, oh, and, and like, runs off the road over into the other other line of traffic, and the guy just keeps going.
1: Well, I wonder about that, because have you seen the videos of the dash cam recordings of, of different Asian countries like China, where mm-hmm. it'll have, like, a pedestrian come up to the hood of a car and, like, literally start head-danging it and yeah. slamming into it and making it and like laying out on the ground like they got hurt mm-hmm. so i wonder i wonder what that's about then
0: i don't know and i don't know which countries those are you know that happens here there's here where people will set you up like we even when i was a cop we had training that uh they would try to block you in like you don't realize it but there's a car coming up behind you intentionally to distract you so this other car can come up and then you hit them because you weren't you're looking at the other car and then they fall out and they're all injured and stuff so i mean people do crazy stuff like that all the time it's all kinds of scams i guess Mm. the uh the only scam i experienced in china was me and a buddy of mine where we 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 had done whatever we were doing that day and we were free to to walk around beijing in this specific area anyway we wanted to go to the hard rock cafe beijing because we're stupid americans so we get off the bus and we were like uh, we, we walked in this direction. They had warned us not to give any of the beggars any money. Don't give anybody any, because there's a lot of begging and panhandling. A lot of it's a scam. So anyway, we're walking along, and this group of kids come up, and they are filthy. Okay, it was, a, a, I don't know, six, seven kids, snot, dried, black, no shoes, dirty, filthy, and they're, uh, you know, wanting us to give them something, just begging, making noise and with their hands out. Well, the guy that was with me was real soft-hearted. And he finally pulled out a, uh, I think it's called, I think the money is, is yuan, uh, or maybe yuan. I think it's yuan in China. Anyway, he pulls it out, gives, him, gives the one kid like a coin or something. Oh, man. Then it's like literally roaches coming out of the woodwork of these kids coming to beg. And they're pulling on us. They're real aggressive. They're reaching in our pockets, grabbing us. Like there's a whole bunch of them. And so we're trying to push these kids off, all these little kids. Well, I had noticed the whole time there was this dude walking across the way, like kind of matching our movements, but he was just staying on the other side of the street. Well, finally, these couple of uh, Chinese business guys walked by, and we're like telling them something Chinese and shooed all the kids away. And they got the kids off of us and got them away. And they sort of escorted us till we got to the Hard Rock. So fast forward, we get done eating. We come out of the Hard Rock, and we're walking back. Well, across the street from the— um, the bus, uh, these kids were in this park running around playing, and that dude was over there, like, counting money. And the kids all started flipping us off. <laughs> so they were just, you know, that's that's their job. Just beg and get money from these stupid tourists or whoever would give them money. Uh, and so I felt like that was kind of a scam. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or at least a little low-level uh, racketeering. Or yeah, something that like that, on. for
0: sure. But I mean, you know, pro- it's probably legal over there, man. I don't know. There was just so much. That's why I asked what your. Feeling was is what was different in Japan. When when I went to Korea and China, the first time was 97. And, you know, the Internet wasn't even around at the time. So it was a shell shock for me to some degree.
1: I never had any uh, issues with uh, – so the Japanese are very good at giving their, their homeless or their elderly jobs to do. Mm-hmm. So specifically, like, um, kids on the way to school in the morning, they'll be an elder of the community. That's like a crosswalk guard at like every single stop mm-hmm. or like uh, custodial workers. So there was I never saw much problems with the homeless in, J- in Japan. Um, there were homeless people that I did see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of volunteering with that as well, like giving out uh, coats and, and feeding the homeless. But um, always very respectful. I never felt like I was in any kind of danger or any kind of pressure to give money to them.
0: Yeah. Well, they have very, very low crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan is one of the lowest crime rates, I think, of... Of just nations in general. When I was uh, my undergrad, my thesis was on um, the causes of recidivism, and so I sort of compared many many of the countries on their crime rate and their recidivism rate. People that are going to re- recidivism as they recommit offenses, and um, Japan was. If not the lowest, one of the top three lowest crime rates just in the world. I have, so. a, I
2: have a theory on on that. Uh, you uh, <laughs> drop a couple of uh, <laughs> of items out of they they start acting right. You know, <laughs> there, there's
1: actually a, there was like a scared straight moment when we first got to the Japan where they talked about the prison system, where it was basically like no AC, uh, bar windows, no no glass, mm-hmm. so you suffer through like the cold and eat fish head soup every day. So was, I think it mostly was like a scare tactic to keep yeah. us from. Like commit crime, but I don't know how much of that is actually true.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't. I don't remember. Um, I know they had a low prison rate too. You know, America's number one for how many people we imprison.
1: Number one in everything.
0: Yeah, we got to always be number one. You know, <laughs> reaching for the stars. Uh, but yeah, a lot of countries don't. I it, I talk about this before, but uh, on on the crime issue, I was real impressed with the Scandinavian countries. They have very low recidivism. They have lower crime in general too. But their prison system is set up way different. First of all, there's no cultural stigma, so if you go to prison in Norway, it's not oh you get you just got out of prison, you're a convict, we're not going to hire you, you're a second class citizen. They have the same once they pay their penance, they do whatever the term is, and and it's also set for rehabilitation. Like they look like schools, they don't look like prisons. Mm -hmm. It's like you're in school really this time. And uh, they give you some skill, you know, and then they help you with placement. And there's not this stigma that oh, you're a criminal. You've paid your due, so we forgive you, and you're part of society again.
1: And there's no ongoing punishment with like losing your rights. And potentially yes. some states. Correct.
0: So that that's a see that's a big thing that I deal with as a criminal defense lawyer. People can get will get convicted of a felony, and I mean that's it. You're going to be lower most of the time. There's going to be a lower class of life now for you. People are not going to hire you. There's a stigma attached with you. And I mean, I get if it's like some real egregious felons, but sometimes what people don't get is, I've said this before, many of my clients may not have even done the offense. Like legit, I may think they were innocent, right? But there's such a risk if you go to trial that sometimes they'll accept a lesser charge, negotiated charge, just so they can avoid the potential risk of going to prison for a longer time for something they didn't do. So, you know, they may—I'll they give you an example. Let's say they're riding with somebody who's got drugs, right, and uh, a lot of drugs, and they both get arrested, and they had nothing to do with it. Like, they did not know the drugs were in there, but they're in the car. Maybe it's their car, and this guy had it in his bag, you know, and now it's in their car, they're in constructive possession, other dude won't take it or say it's his— what are you going to do? It's, it's clearly potentially yours is in the car. Who's going to believe that? Are they really going to believe it wasn't yours? You know? And so um, they're like, well, if you get me a deal, even though I'm going to be a felon where I don't have to go to prison um, for any time, they'll do it. They'll take the plea and be on probation versus the risk of going to trial, losing, being convicted and going to prison for a, a, you know, a, a more substantial charge. So my point is like, they're not all bad people. You know, they come out and they're stigmatized, but they're not all bad people. And because of the way we view them when they come out, they're second class citizens, you know. So but anyway, to each his own, I guess. But I think we could learn a lot. I'm not saying that we shouldn't punish people, but I think we could learn a lot from the Scandinavian countries on how they view that.
1: Or at least uh, stop the ongoing punishment. So Mm -hmm. once you've served your time, that's it. And you can be reintegrated with society as opposed to continuing to have that stigma.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Justin. And thank you guys for watching. Don't forget, as always, to like, follow, and subscribe to the content. All social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, etc. as well as podcast platforms and you can listen to playbacks. And you know, if you guys get a chance and you're on YouTube, go find it and just follow the page, please. Subscribe to the page. It really helps uh, the algorithm and helps us because we don't get paid for any of this, obviously.
2: We're, we're only a couple away from like a thousand subscribers, anyway, yeah. So we just... <laughs> on, on
0: YouTube. Our best following is on TikTok of all places. Uh, of course another thing you can support is uh, the band NA. Uh, they have their single Wonder Girls now available on Spotify, iTunes. It is free. Just go look them up, download it. It's in slash A, the band. And uh, I want to thank Michelle Allen. She's a long sponsor of the show. And if you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, she'd be glad to help you out. And then Mason's Hayek Team Martial Arts running a sign up special right now four weeks in a uniform for $149. Best thing my parents ever did for me. If you want more information on that, just visit Mason's Martial
2: When's the new location?
0: Uh, it's probably, we're hoping for the middle of January, but it's more likely going to be February 1st. That's what we're looking at. The Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar. We have one in Covington, and I can go ahead and announce now that uh, quarter two next year, we're going to have one in Somerville. So we'll have two restaurants uh, running same theme, uh, same good bourbons and steaks and whatnot. Um, and again, we're open 4 p.m. seven days a week. We will be closed the 24th, 5th, 6th, and 7th for some Christmas stuff, but then we'll be back open. And the big thing is To make sure you get tickets to our New Year's Eve uh, masquerade ball. That's going to be a lot of fun at the Cellar. And Josh will help you with your online presence if you're setting up uh, uh, websites, uh, you need better traction, you're doing social media stuff, videos, ads. Josh will help you at Masonite Digital Marketing. And I do want to say, since this is probably the last time before Christmas that I get to talk to you guys, Uh, That I'm very thankful for everybody that watches any of our stuff, shares any of our stuff um, throughout the year. I'm thankful for my staff that support me enough to where I have the time that I can come and do this once a week because, obviously, you guys know I like to run my mouth. And uh, I'm thankful for all the guests that I've had, too, that have given me their time because I saw a thing in a book called The Go-Giver. Brandon Armstrong turned me on that, Josh, from our, uh, our visit with him at Brighton High School And in The Go-Giver, this one guy who's pretty prominent, he's talking about to this other guy, and he's uh, setting up like lunch meetings. And the guy's like, um, well, I don't want to waste your time. And he goes, you can't waste my time. And I think that's a really important uh, perspective. And what he meant was, I'm the only one that can waste my time. If I'm sitting here talking to someone, this is what I decide to do. And it's the same thing with you guys. So, uh, you know, I, I like that perspective on life is that, that you're the master of your own destiny and what you do with your time. You want to maximize that. And so I'm very thankful when you guys will give some of your time to our content. So anyway, saying that, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Another pre-recorded one next week. So keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.